Hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're so grateful. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord today. Let's give him an applause and honor. He's worthy of all the praise and glory and adoration. Jesus is worthy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Indeed, indeed. Amen. We thank God today. Glory to God. We're so grateful. We thank the choir. The Lord our God is wonderful. Amen. 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 Well, before we get going, we're going to ask you all to stand for a moment. I want you to repeat after me. It says, I have great worth apart from my performance. Because Christ gave his life for me. He imparted great value to me. I am deeply loved. I am fully pleasing. I am totally forgiven. I am accepted, approved, and complete in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand, everybody. Yes, you are. <laughs> Amen. If you're in Christ, you're not lacking anything. You may be seated, please. I say again, the uh, Vacation Bible School did such a good job in teaching the Word this weekend. I mean, this week. Amen. I want to go just over one of the scriptures that they use just to reinforce um, for them and, th and those who weren't there, of course. You know, we're looking at Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. We're going to start around verse um, 41. The, and these stories are familiar to those who grew up in Sunday school. You know, the pew babies, you know, who grew up in Sunday school, like Sister um, Karen Johnson, you know, different ones, praise God. But we want to look at this here. We know Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we know that he operated in love and power and authority. Amen? Amen. And we want to see, we're going to take a little snapshot of some of the stuff he did. Snapshot. Y'all don't even know what a snapshot is. See, be, before you did selfies and things like that, you had these little cameras and you took pictures with the little camera and then you sent it out to get developed and you got the pictures back and hopefully they look decent you know this is this is you know back in the day technology they still use those things somewhere you can still get them from the drugstore and have them developed and things like that take a little snapshot well, we want to take a little snapshot of Jesus in our imagination in our mind right verse 41 says and behold there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler in the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come to his house, for he had, only, he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying, but as he went 
the people thronged him. So as Jesus consented to go to the man's house, the crowds were all over him. See, Jesus was doing miracles and healing people and casting out devils, and he was teaching with authority, and folks came around for that. Initially, they came around to hear what he was teaching. But then they was bringing the sick and the lame and everybody to him, and these folks are being healed, so there's big crowds, big crowds around him. And so this ruler of the synagogue, he comes and he falls down at Jesus' feet and begs him to come to his house, and Jesus consents. Okay, I'll go, right? There's other stories where people ask Jesus to come, and he decided to go, and, um, and so he's, he's very gracious in that way. Right? And, and, while, and while the people are crowding around him, verse 34 says, And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. She had an issue of blood. She had a menstruation for 12 years. Okay? Now, in the, in the culture of the day, when a woman was having, um, you know, menstruation, um, she was considered ceremonially unclean, right? And even, even Moses and them put her in a tent by herself and left her alone, okay? You know, it's, it's a couple of reasons for this because of the sanitation of the day is different. Plus, um, when, when y'all forgive me, I don't know anything about this stuff. All right. I have sisters, I have a wife, and I have daughters. So any knowledge I think I have is secondhand. But anyhow, but what, what would happen is that when, 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 the, when the woman was um, in, in this period, right, she would consider unclean. And so it gave her a break, in my opinion. It gave her a break. Put her in a tent by herself. Leave her alone. Husband can't, can't, can't get with her. You know, stuff like that. And she, it gave her some, a, a type of a break. You know, they even had rules like this in the Old Testament. Even after a woman had a, a child, after she gave birth, she was considered ceremonially unclean. And so that means that husband had to wait before he could start trying to... Um, lay with her. I'm trying to find a decent word to say. You know, make love to his wife. You know, selfishly, he's not really making love. He's just, you know, satisfying himself. But, you know, for the selfish man in, in, the, um, in the house, all right, he could not go in unto her. So it was like a, a type of break, a type of maternity leave for mama, for the young mama. You know, even today, they ask you to wait six weeks, right? Y'all don't want to admit it. Yes. The husbands know six weeks. Amen? Amen. So anyhow, getting back to this. So, so, but, but for 12 years now, the child that died is, that's dying is 12 years old, and this woman had this issue for 12 years. So for 12 years, she's like an outcast. For 12 years, she, she's not supposed to really be in public. And for 12 years, you don't touch her. Right? And she's in that crowd because Jesus is in the crowd. And she's in that crowd. And in, 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 in the book of Matthew, it says that she had this thought that if I can only just touch his garment, if I only touch the part of his garment, I'll be healed. So she had an 
expectation. And we want to look at that today. And it says here in verse 40, 44, she came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was staunched. It was stopped. And Jesus said, and Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and you said, who touched you? And Jesus said, somebody has touched me, for I perceive the virtue is gone out of me. See, Jesus, even though he was unaware of who it was, or maybe he knew who it was, I don't think, he probably knew, but he knew something happened. He said, the virtue is gone out of me. He, he had an experience when the woman touched him because she had faith to believe that she could be healed. He had an experience too. All right? And he said, somebody touched me because I could feel it. I could tell. I know when I've been touched. Despite this crowd that's all over me and putting their hands on me, there's a certain kind of touch that Jesus talked about, and that woman had faith to believe, and that's the touch that he was talking about. And what we want to encourage you that we want you to have an expectation of God. See, we know that he could do anything, right? He's, he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He could be everywhere. He could do anything. He could save. He could heal, deliver. But we as people, as believers, we have to raise our expectation. Sometimes we're praying and we're just saying words, but when we, we need to be praying in faith. We need to be praying and trusting, and we need to expect something from him. We need to make a demand on his power. Are you hearing me? And so that's what this young lady was doing. Well, I'm not sure how old she was. But that's what this woman was doing. She made a demand on the anointing. She had an expectation. And she did not have to have a lot of words. He didn't have to lay hands on her. He didn't have to speak to her. He didn't have to address her at all for her to be healed. She had to address him. Even though she snuck in there and touched him, she had faith to trust. She had faith to believe because she believed who he was and what he represented. And let's read a little more. Look at what it says here. And verse 46 says, And Jesus says, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive the virtues going out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and fell down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. She had to expose herself in front of all those folk. All right? And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. And so she goes in peace, and she lives her life. Amen? And while he yet spake, there comes one from the ruler of synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Now, see, here's the difference. That woman said, all I need to do is touch him. And this guy says, it's too late. It's just too late. Don't even bother him. You know, your daughter's gone. Right? Can you imagine the feeling that that father might have had? Right? I'm trying to get Jesus to my house. And there's a big crowd. And then this woman interrupts us. Right? For our own selfish reasons. 
because that's how he's feeling. That's how I imagine he feels at the moment. For our own selfish reasons, and my daughter is now dead. But Jesus immediately, he says, don't worry about this. He, he comforts him. But when Jesus heard it, he answered, saying, fear not, believe only. For she shall be made whole. He said, don't be afraid, just trust. Trust me now. Trust me now. And when they came into the house, he, he allowed no man to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, for she's not dead but sleeps. Look at the next verse. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing she was dead. Now wait a minute, wait, wait. They were they were weeping and wailing and crying and carrying on. Jesus comes in there and said, No, 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 she's not dead, she sleeps. And then they go right to laughter. What kind of folk is this? You know, when you, when you suffer a loss in your family, you want people to be with you. And, you know, you want them to, well, maybe you want to be alone too. But you want folks to be considerate. All right? It doesn't take a lot of talking. And, you know, and it's, it's crying time. And, and folks going to cry with you and stuff like that. But these folks here, these folks who's wailing and carrying on and weeping and stuff like that, how sincere are they when they can go straight to laughter and mocking Jesus? You know, I mean, I'm going to wipe my tears and ha, 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 ha. You know, I can't imagine that, right? But Jesus, what Jesus did, he put them out the house. Listen, y'all, when folk are challenging your faith, sometimes you got to get away from them. You believe in God for something, especially something important, something big, like healing or, or some tragedy you want God to rescue you from, and you got folks around who are down, you got to get away from those people, Right? Sometimes you have to separate yourself from the doubters, from the fakers, right? From the folks who are not willing to trust God with you. You have to separate yourself from them. And that's what Jesus, Jesus he could have done what he did in front of all these people just to show them up. But he said, y'all get out. He put them out the house, right? And look what happens then. And he put them out and took her by the hand and called her saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose immediately, and he commanded to give her meat. He said, Feed her. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what he, what was done. Now, come on, Jesus. Now, you know, stop. All, if you look at the Gospels, there's a lot of times where he healed people and did some miraculous stuff and says, don't tell anybody. You know good and well, these folk are not going to obey that. I dare you to heal me and tell me to keep it a secret. No, I'm going to talk about it. He says, don't tell anybody what he had done. They don't have to tell because the folks outside know that the, when, the, when they see the girl the next day, they're going to know that he healed her. <laughs> They're going to know, right? The crowds, the disciples, people are all over the place. There's folks standing outside, you know. He says, don't tell anybody. He heals the man of demons and casts all these devils out of him. And the man wants to follow Jesus and be one of his 12, right? He says, no, no, just go home. He tells him, go home. Go home and tell, the, tell, tell people what the Lord, how the Lord have mercy on you. He, tells him, he, he allows him to talk about it. 
other folks he healed, he said, don't tell nobody. He does these things, don't tell nobody. Just between you and me, all right? You know, and, and these folks, they're not going to keep it a secret because it's too magnificent. It's too fantastic. It's too unbelievable what was done. It's a miracle done in my life. And you want me to keep it a secret, Jesus? I'm so sorry, but I'm going to disobey you. They're going to tell because you and I would tell too. Right? But the thing is here is that you see here, it all, see, the woman with the issue of blood had faith for herself. And the parents had to have faith for their daughter. We have to trust God, y'all. In the most challenging situations, we need to have faith. We need to trust them. We need to fall. If you have to fall on your face, you have to cry it out. If you have to be like that man that once told Jesus, said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. If you have to do that, we have to trust God. We have to have an expectation of what he could do. He could do great things among us. And, it, and this was done with Jesus. Now, if you go in the book of Acts, you see the same kind of work going on with the, the apostles, with Peter and them. There were some folks there who brought their, um, their, their, their sick ones to the apostles, and they came to the apostles. And there were some folks there that were so, such an expectation that they just lined up and let Peter's shadow fall upon them because they believed God. Right? It said, can, if it's shadow, I just want his shadow to fall upon me. He don't have to touch me. He don't have to call me out. He doesn't have to lay hands. He doesn't have to do all, just his shadow. Because they believe God. Now, see, I want to challenge you to trust God. Trust him for the small things, yes, but trust him for those big things, too. You have an issue in your life, whatever the issue is. It may be medical. It might be financial. It might be legal. Whatever the issue is, we have to believe God. We have to trust God and see what the Lord will do for us. It's he that loves us. It's he that wants to bless us. It is he that wants us to have joy, that our joy be full. Jesus says you pray to the Father, and he'll do these things because he wants your joy to be full. I want my joy to be full. I'm not just talking about being happy. I'll be happy today and, and goof off and be sad tomorrow if something happens. I'll get, hear, hear good news and I'm happy. Hear bad news and I'm feeling sad. But despite whether I'm happy or sad, I can have joy. I can trust God. Right? In the one place the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. But we need to trust God. We need to believe who he is and what he can do. And we need to trust him for all those things that we want the Lord to do for us. I was in a conversation with some deacons downstairs, and we was admitting some things that we believe and, and done and done wrong and things like that. And we was talking about God helping us out. And I had to tell I said, you know, sometimes I just want to tell God how to do it. Mm-hmm. I said, the Lord, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to do it. Right? And what I'm doing, I'm getting in the way. What I need to do is trust him because he really is an independent thinker. And he doesn't need my advice. And he knows what's better for me. You know, he knows what's best for me. And so what I need to do is just believe him and just wait. Just wait on him. Wait on him to do what he's going to do and see how he's going to go about it.
Amen. I have my ideas about the way things should go, but I'm not right. I'm not right. And if I am right, it's that I did it by accident. You know. So I need to wait and see what the Lord is going to do for me. And that's how we need to trust God, y'all. You know, trust him. Trust him for whatever. He told that father, only believe. Right? The woman with the issue, she didn't have to be told. But some of us need to be told. So you need to trust God. You need to believe God. Sometimes we need to go over the scripture. Because faith comes by hearing. We need to go over some scripture to build up our faith. You know, so we can trust God. We need to have some people that we trust and some people who believe with us to encourage us. Okay, well, I'm praying with you. I'm praying with you. We're going to believe God together for this thing, whatever this thing is. Amen? Amen. But we need to trust God. And again, if you have the doubters, get away from the doubters. Don't get in an argument. Don't try to defend your faith. Just say, okay, thank you. Bye. Just get to get separate yourself from the doubts and the doubters and and accompany yourself with those who believe God with you. Amen. And go into the word of God and trust God. Continue to pray. I have no problem with people praying for the same thing over and over again long, until you get it. Some people say, if you have to pray more than once, you don't believe. No, that's not true. You just keep on praying, whatever it is. Folks have been praying for years for certain things. We have, we have testimonies of loved ones coming to faith in Jesus Christ because somebody in their family has been praying for years. We have fathers and husbands who got saved after their wife has been praying for years. You know? And so you just keep on praying and asking God what you want. Keep on. If he tell you to stop, it's different. But you just keep on asking God for what you want. Amen? Because you're going to trust him. Build up your faith. And trust the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we don't want you to be in this situation here. But if you have sickness in your body, God is a healer. Yes, he is. He's a healer. Amen? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna, one day we're going to have to let people talk about how God healed them of different things in here. You know, what the Lord has done. Um, Deacon Outley was telling us earlier today how when he, he, had, he was having a heart attack, but somehow, the, um, despite the constriction of the vessels and the arteries, blood was reaching his brain some kind of way, keep him from stroking out. You know? You know, the body is amazing anyway. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, but the Lord is able. God is able. He's able. Right? And so if there's sickness in your body, the Lord wants to heal you. Amen? And it's according to your faith. You know, we're gonna, we, we'll pray, we'll lay hands on you, and we'll trust God with you. Amen? Amen. But the Lord is the healer. He's the healer. Right? You have issues, you have problems, you have troubles. God can work it out. See, the beauty thing of this thing is that when we get saved, when we come to Christ, our troubles don't go away. <laughs> we still have trouble. We still have problems. We still have problems, but we have some help for our problems to help us with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, the philosopher um, Marvin Gaye said three things for sure, death, taxes, and trouble. <laughs> the Bible says man's the life is but a few days and full of trouble. 
But despite our trouble, we have help. Amen. And our help is in the Lord. Come on, let's stand together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Because you are our God and our Father, and you hear our prayers. And you're concerned about everything we're concerned about. And we thank you even now, Lord. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that anyone here who has whatever they have would trust you for it. And trust you for the remedy, for the healing, for the satisfaction that you do it for us in this house, Father, and do it in our lives. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, if you're not sure, you're not sure about your standing with God, or you know you're not, we want to encourage you to trust Jesus. Come to faith in Jesus Christ. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He died for our sins. And he's risen again on the third day. Amen. He's alive evermore. And he, he, he accepts us. And you accept him. Amen. We want you to trust him. Are you here today? Are you here today to trust Jesus for your salvation? We talk about salvation because all of us have sinned. And we all have come short of the glory of God, of his standard. We've all come short. And the only way we could um, make it up is for him to do it for us. Amen. If you're here today and um, you desire prayer for whatever you reason, if there's sickness in your body or there's some other situation in your life and you want us to pray with you and believe God with you, we want you to come. The ministers are here. We trust God with you. We'll trust God with you. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the workings of his power in you. He'll work it out for you. Yes, he will. The rest of you may be seated if you like while we pray for these who are up here.